What's up, guys? Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I wanted to take a quick moment just to break down why I had to take down season two premieres episode. As I mentioned on my Snapchat and my Instagram page, unfortunately, due to the Washington State Fair performance scam ring, your girl had to take down the episode, okay? If you guys know me, you know me well enough to know that I promote nothing but real, I speak nothing but real, and honey, them performances were far from real, okay? But be sure to tune in real soon because I will be dropping a Clear the Air series. I'm gonna give a full breakdown on how everything unfolded, how these people got scammed, and who the scammers are, okay, honey? With that said, though, there may be some moments in this episode that you hear some references of that old episode, and I do apologize in advance, but I am happy to announce that this episode right here is your season two premiere episode featuring Bel Air, who's a rapper, producer, singer, songwriter out of the Bronx. Enjoy the show. Hold on, girl. Let me take this. Hold on. Hold on. Hello? Hello? You ain't gotta like me, but you gonna like what I have to say. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to the season two premiere episode. It's your girl, Margaret. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in, pressing play, subscribing, getting me on the top 200 iTunes charts in comedy. Fast forward and rewind it back because you still probably missed some shit through that. <laughs> Either way, I definitely appreciate the love and support. Today's episode is really special because I'm being joined by a rapper, producer, singer, songwriter straight out the Bronx. He goes by the name Bel Air. Today we're going to be talking about various topics from racial bias, dating, being a father, all while working in the music industry. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Let me go ahead and have you say hello to everybody, Mr. Bellier. Hey, how's it, how's it going? All right, so I do want to get to know you a little bit before we get into today's topic. So the first thing I want to know is what made you become a producer, engineer, and then ultimately a rapper singer? Well, I always had loved music, like from day one. Like my mother kind of brought me a book. It was called uh, Charlie Bebop. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Okay. But it, it's like it's mad. Yeah, it's, I'm kind of revealing my age, but it kind of just turned me on to music. So like you know, anytime anybody brought anything musical around me, I just kind of picked it up. So I started off by teaching myself how to play piano. So I sit next to the radio, try to mimic the songs, and then eventually it led to like production on small levels. Um, I moved up here to go to school and I went to the Institute of Audio Research. That's oh. when they kind of, yeah, they finessed me though. They were just like, yeah, we'll teach you how to produce. But then like after like the first three semesters, I realized they was teaching me how to engineer. So, oh. but you know, I picked it up, you know, I was really good at it. And um, at the school, I met Puff's brother-in-law. His name is Steven Dent. He was the teacher there. And then that's how I wound up getting and funneled in the bad boy and things like that. And then, you know, I work with a lot of people and, you know, during my downtime, I would just do the music myself, myself. And then to realize, you know, I'm actually pretty good at this. And then I committed to it fully. And then, you know, now I'm where I'm at now. Nice. Which okay. Is, you know, Which is what? Like, I'm just, I'm a project and I'm working on other stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a writer too. It's, it's, it's a whole slew of stuff. Okay. <laughs> He's a man of many hats. I suck hats. at talking to myself. Yeah, yeah, I suck at talking to myself. So we're going to work through this. I'm going to get comfortable as it goes along. It's all right. I have a lot of questions anyway, so don't worry. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. So, I mean, so that's really good um, to know. Like, you know, so again, as you guys heard how he is and how he's become an artist, I guess my big, big question is, so, I mean, you kind of gave us a real quick 
recap <laughs> of how to become mm, yeah. an engineer producer. But I mean, how could you really break that down further? Like if there is somebody out there that's like, hey, I want to be a producer. I want to be an engineer. Do they need to go to school or is this just a craft that they can learn on their own? School helps. But the, honestly, the biggest thing is it's time like you have to dedicate it's only going to be as good as as much time as you dedicate to it. Like if you half it, ask it and it's going to sound half ass and you have to be honest with yourself. Like a lot of people won't be honest with themselves and they'll have dishonest people around them and their shit will sound like it's trash and they won't put any time on it. And there's a lot of shortcuts you could take now with the way the music industry goes and how fast things come out. But honestly, if you want to come up in this industry and do things, you have to put in a shit ton of time and you have to be honest and you have to be really authentic because you know it's a lot of fake shit out here and bullshit and you may get on like that but you won't last i can guarantee okay now do you think location matters for you to become successful like what if somebody is just out in like for example i'm out of washington what if somebody's in seattle trying to be a producer or what are they out in texas or i don't know missouri like do they need to relocate to like bigger cities like new york like where you're at or la it helps, but I mean, it doesn't matter. If you're shitty in fucking Missouri, you're going to be shitty in L.A. So, I mean, okay. the biggest thing really, yeah, I mean, it does, you have to be talented. Like, it helps. Don't get me wrong. It does help living in L.A. because, but even then, like, bigger markets, it's a bigger pond. You know, it's going to be more saturated. That's mm. why you got to be even more so on top of what you're doing. So, I don't think it's a factor. It's just the determining factor on if you are going to be successful or not. Like, you are more the determining factor than anything. Gotcha. So one of the pieces that I heard what you said was earlier when we were kind of just getting your short little bio was that um, to me, it was supposed to me was networking. It was a short bio because, you know, I had questions. (laughs) You kind of answered all my questions. I was like, right. It was like Like, a nervous, like, yeah, this is who I I am. I don't want to talk about myself no more. Right. So I didn't even get those. It was like that. (laughs) But anyway, but I did hear networking. And, you know, even when I lived in New York, that's kind of how I was able to get around and make moves. So I guess, so if somebody was looking to relocate to New York, I mean, obviously networking is a piece of that, but I guess what else Mm. would you suggest for them to survive in New York to make it? It's a big piece of it. Like your reputation is your currency. You know what I mean? Like you, Mm -hmm. if you got a shitty reputation in one place, the, the music industry is hella small. I can't tell you how many people that I've bumped into who started on some low level thing and you know they got kind of treated bad but all they they got that one yes that they were waiting for and then they're a big exec here a big exec there and if your name is like trash wherever you go people gonna hear about you and they won't even let you in the door so no networking is a big big part of it like if you want to survive in new york you you take the opportunities you show out when you get the opportunities and you make sure that your reputation is gold because if it's not you're screwed you know it's not gonna matter how talented you are if your reputation is shit Mm. So how do they network though? Like, what do they do? What do they need? To you got to go out. You can't say no to nothing. Like when you first start, can't say no to anything. You got to go out, go meet people, do every, you know, get in people's faces, get them to know you and start to get your name out there. You know what I mean? It's not going to come, you know, a lot of people like artists initially, they hide in the studio. They just make a bunch of tracks and then like they don't go anywhere. They don't go out. They don't meet people. They don't show the people this stuff. And then they wind up shelving themselves. So mm. when you get out here or if you go out to someplace like L.A., if somebody says, hey, I got this open mic, because you never know. Like, you know, these big execs, they step out or people will just step out and then you make that one connection and then boom, 50 other connections open up, especially in the world of social media where it's taking pictures and things like that. Like, you just got to get out there. 
Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's okay. That's that's really good information. But okay, so for looking at it, that's a well, that was a question for like in a producer. I guess that works for artists too. But looking at it from an artist standpoint, though, do you feel like okay, I understand the networking piece, but do you think it's important or imperative for people to just collab with whoever, or should no, they be no, no, selective no, 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 no. with that? Hell no, you gotta be selective because as your talent level rises, you don't want to, you know, you don't you don't put a stake on a paper plate. You know what I mean? Like you don't want yourself to be seen like that. You know, as your talent level grows, because you can really have a good dope connection with some people, but their talent level might not be at yours. So as an artist, you do have to be selective. You can't once, you, but you have to get to that point. Like when you first start out, selection is kind of you don't have to be selective. You know, you just gotta get your name out there. But once you build yourself up, yeah, you have to be selective. But that's like, think about like in the, um, the movie industry. How many times have you seen like those terrible, you know, our, well, not terrible actors, but our good actors be in terrible <laughs> movies and they probably be like, what the fuck was they thinking? Like, I don't know. I kind of disagree with that because I just feel like I'm going to just have my mindset set. Like if I'm an artist, I don't care if I'm just starting out. Like I, I just can't work with whoever because if I do blow up and I do reach that level, like that, that's my resume. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's to to a degree like you could like honestly the biggest thing that I stress whenever I talk to people about the music industry is like there's no like way of doing it like there's no set way of doing it like you can mm -hmm. definitely start out like that but you have to stick with it you know what I mean right. my thing is I always I believe in we live in the age of volume like you have to just put so much shit out there until one thing sticks you know what I mean and you have to build that reputation up you can't sit there and tell people because that's that's going to be a part of your reputation like you telling somebody I don't want to work with you you're not good and then you ain't got shit out you know you got to have a palette that's you know that says okay this is the shit that's this person's good. I want to work with this person. And then people will want to work with you. But if you mm -hmm. just come out the gate, like, you know, with a sense of, uh, it's because it, it, it comes off as entitled a little bit. You don't think mm. so? Uh, I don't know. I mean, if I'm putting out music and, you know, I'm a one woman show, I'm going to keep doing it, doing, doing it. I mean, like, I'm not in the music industry, but I'm looking at it from my podcast standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. I've been a one woman show. I just started to collab, but no shade, like, I hit iTunes alone. And I've been yeah. approached by people from listening, like, I want to be on your podcast. I was like, eh, pump the brakes. I'm good. <laughs> and I mean, nah. I'm just saying, I know. I mean, but I, for me, though, in my journey, my path, it did work. <laughs> but now I am it's collaborating with people. I know, but music, I get it. I know it is different. But I do feel mm -hmm. like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe build your craft first. Build you, build your resume. I'm not saying whore yourself out by no means. Okay. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> whore well, yourself out. You gotta out, go like, to you know. everything, meet everybody. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 no. Damn, I'm, like, I ain't telling I you to whore you. yourself out. You know, I don't advocate hoeing in the music industry, but I, okay. you know, you gotta have some sort of standard. Like, you can't fucking get on a track with, like, Buffalo Bob, Bushwick right. Bill type shit. Okay. But, but, at, but at some point, you have to be open to the opportunities because they come oh, yeah. in different ways. And, and like I said, there's people like, and it could be that one trash person that you work with, but you know, in the, we live in a viral age where talent isn't the, you know, it isn't the catalyst anymore. Okay, it's the attention, know. you know? <laughs> I know. So if somebody's, yeah, if somebody's trash, but they find this way to go viral and you work with them, you go viral. Like it's, it's pretty much just casting reels out there and hoping one of them hits, you know what I mean? I hate the, that. That's doing it for clout, though. That's doing it for clout. It's not, I mean, it's, you monetizing it. You got to get, you know, you want to stay in a small pond. You want to stay in a big market. You don't, you never, I don't believe that you 
elevate without sacrificing something at some point. Like, now I'm not saying you don't sacrifice your dignity or your morals, but like, you got to take, you know, you're not going to win a bad a thousand. You're going to take a loss somewhere. And that might mean working with some crappy person or some shit like that. But if it gets you to the next level to do things how you want to do it, you know, it's a business move. You know what I mean? Because you can't make it from an emotional move or like, that's because that's what it is. Once you come into the money game, you know, you got to take your emotions out of it. You know, and that's hard when you're doing music and it's your craft because, you, you know, you love it. You have some kind of connection with it. But like I said, the minute you you come into the point, you're trying to elevate and make money. It's about business decisions. Oh, Lord. Mm. I, I'll leave it. I'm going to leave it there because you ain't going to like yeah. what I got to say. Mm-mm. Oh, whatever. I, I disagree. I just disagree because I feel like at the end of the day, like I understand this is how society works now. I understand the business, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to sell myself short for no clout. Fuck that. You no, know what? I rather sell say, yourself short. But for, for example, okay, yeah, you might get your coins off of being, you know, working with somebody that's viral who's real trash, but that's going to be tied to you forever. I don't care how you move differently, how I'm you I'm going to give you an example. <laughs> so somebody tell you like, yo, listen, we going to give you a hundred grand. You got to shout out fucking Sensodyne dentures in the beginning of your shit. You don't know a goddamn thing about dentures. You got all that's your goddamn different. teeth. No, no, it's no, not. That's, not, that's not the scenario you just gave, though. You said if I went ahead and I was working with somebody who's trash and went viral, we got to sacrifice because, hey, I get to monetize or whatever. And then, boom, I get to it takes me to my next level to go forward. I disagree with that part. Now, if well, somebody were don't... to say, hey, can you record about denture school? Because <laughs> I got grandparents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, but 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 say the dentures is trash, though. You you care if the dentures is you're going to go dive that into you going to make a decision. I mean, that's I get different. it. You know, that's advertisement. That, YouTubers do that shit all day long. They advertise for teeth whitening, hair products that don't work. That's different. I feel like, but I feel like if it's your craft, like for example, I'm not gonna. If somebody say, "Hey, I want to jump on your podcast and give you a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars," and because they're viral, but their content is shitty and it's just far off my target audience or far off. I don't care how much clout or what doors it could open. I'm good because you're I not gonna. <laughs> you can say I that. call bullshit. I you could push a hundred grand, a hundred grand. Nah, I'm good. I'm being honest. All right. All right. I mean, listen, I, I put this I on my kids. I put this on my I, kids. I'm not a clout ooh. chaser. Listen, yes. I applaud your moral high ground. I, I really Thank do. It's you. not about clout. I mean, honestly, you got to do whatever takes you to the next step. But if you, to me, to, well, to me, I think I, I'm really big on like, you just got to do whatever you got to do to get to the next step. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I'm never going to sacrifice something that I can't get back, like my dignity or something like that. I ain't going to put on a dress or nothing. Okay. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, no, no shade to anybody who likes to wear dresses. If you like to wear dresses, that's your thing. <laughs> it's just, you know, I got what I got going for me. I don't want to get into that. Yeah, I don't want to. I just watched that Dave Chappelle special. That shit was funny. I don't want to upset nobody. No, don't do that. If you like it, I love it. Oh, you sound like my auntie. (laughs) My my auntie said that all the time. (laughs) It's the truth, man. You like it. I fucking love it. What's for you is for you, man. I love it. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, it is what it is. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break. Let's take a listen to some music from Bel Air. Shorty, wine pon it, take your time pon it. I love the groove, love the watch, shorty moving. I'm drinking in the sea, come fuck with me. Cause I feel like it's only you and me. My body's calling and I'm stalling now. Shorty wanna feel the love. Shorty wanna be in love. Yeah, look. And I already know what you came for. Shorty wanna fall in love with the gangster. 
Shorty move it like sex by the dance floor Catch no feelings, no feelings I catch no feelings, catch no feelings, babe Catch no feelings So let, let's go into the next topic. So this is always my favorite. I want to talk about racial bias in the music industry. Mm -hmm. So my first question to you is, is I mean, just a general question in your opinion. Do you even think racial bias exists in the music in, in the music industry? And more importantly, do you think it's harder for a black engineer or producer or artist to break out versus a white one? I think uh when it comes to race, racial bias is just everywhere. There's nowhere on this guy green earth that you won't find racial bias. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's just, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. Like people are trying to ignore it. It's a thing. As far as engineering goes, like, I don't feel like it's hard because it's kind of slave work. It, it's, you, you gotta be passionate about it, but it's slave work. It's like, yo, people, it's a next man up kind of gig. So if you're willing to kill yourself for 10 hours, you could sign up anywhere. But when it comes to like high end things, like if you want to work for like Spotify or, soundcloud you know of course it's going to go to the white or fair-skinned people not even necessarily white but fair-skinned people you know what i mean it's mm. it's a the music industry itself is a vanity affair you know what i mean and mm -hmm. that's why it's so hard to be genuine in it because like you get turned away for so many things that are just a part of you like you know being dark-skinned you know what i mean you of course you know you you get uh if you're not dark-skinned you have preferential treatment it's just the way you've been taught like my son is uh, is fair-skinned you know what i mean and mm -hmm. this and it's something that I have to train like you know, I had to teach him on when he was younger. You know, if 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 your music isn't up to par, then of course, and even if it is up to par, you're still gonna I'll put it like this and so it can make sense. At the same talent level, if somebody was white or lighter than me, then they have a better access or they'll get put on faster than anything. Especially with the women. It's worse with women. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know it's I just worse, I did a yeah, I just did a, a podcast on this with a rapper out in Seattle, and we, we talked about gender, too. No, yeah, it's true. I mean, that's good to know. I mean, because I feel like sometimes, too, people feel like now we live in a generation where hip-hop is more accepting and rap that, oh, that doesn't exist no more because people are so more accepting of that culture. But yeah. I feel like it still does happen. So, yeah, I mean, that's good to know. That's good information. But social media validates it you know what i mean like you got somebody you got all these people changing their faces changing their complexions their bodies and social media validates it by showing them hundreds and thousands of other people who do it true you know indeed. what i mean and it's so and it's yeah and it's so hard to remain true to yourself because at the end of the day like you get turned away for being yourself and you can modify yourself at this point in your life you know what i mean like it was at one point plastic surgery and all of this stuff was inaccessible and now it's just like you could take a flight to dr and you come back a new person if you survive or die it, but, yeah exactly <laughs> if you survive you make it out of that shit alive you know you're on your way but you know it's it's tough man like yeah but the thing is i always tell people like if you move an inch in the direction you want to move in it's better than 10 miles in the wrong direction you know what i mean mm -hmm. and you, it's a slippery slope in the industry if you start doing that because if you get known for something that you're not you're not personally then it's just harder to maintain it and the, you know the ice is thin when you move like that. It's real thin, because once you fall, you know you you gotta you, you gotta recreate and recreate. That's why you, if you're genuine to yourself, it's easy to be yourself. It's easy to make the music you make for yourself. It's easy to promote yourself as yourself. Yeah, but when you're promoting somebody else who's not you, and that's why you see them kind of get worn down after a couple of years. Because a lot of people, they pref you know, especially with the A and R's back in the day, they were being people they weren't. It's true. I agree with you all the way. I mean, it's like a facade. I watched one girl, man, like, she, like, 
it's just like and she was beautiful you know what I mean and she changed like her whole like everything about herself her lips you know just ass shots everything and it was like you know what I mean yeah. she, she's, at, she's at a point where she's not even making music anymore you know what I mean and, and, and it bothered me because I'm like yo damn I'm watching this person go through all of these changes for what and then they still not even making music on top of it yeah likes they well, get them too That's yeah, the- I, well yeah they do well you know it's kind of funny like I'm not friends with this girl, but I went to high school and I have her on Instagram and she started her mm-hmm. YouTube page and she did get plastic surgery. But it's funny because before getting plastic surgery, she used to pride herself on being like a health and fitness person. She used to post her working out. And then she had a baby. Mm-hmm. Now she's been posting on what kind of faja to wear because of her plastic surgery. And then it's been botched. Mm-hmm. And then she had to get redone and it's still botched. And mm-hmm. she got all these files. Yeah, YouTubers. It's bullshit. So, but yeah, no, but I'm not friends with people like that. Um, I don't knock people for what they choose to do. That's their business, but mm. I'm good. Okay, no thanks. <laughs> have, have fun with that. Yeah, but anyway. But okay, I do have a final question though. Um, have you ever tried to apply for a particular gig, um, high end or not, and then you know you were turned down because of the color of your skin? Yeah, of course, of course. I've had Can somebody tell, tell me my approach was, yeah, um... Which one was it? No names. It was, uh, no, no, yeah, no names. No names. I can't really get specific on the details because if I, you know, it'll come out. But the pr- pretty much like it came down to like me and I want to say like two other people, and they were like, okay, we want you all to do this similar project and then give it back to us, and then we'll give you feedback. And, and the crazy part about it was, I, I like, I've spent like the whole night. I was it had to be like eight hours up all night working on this project, doing everything I could possibly think of because I wanted it really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to the person and I thought I got it. They sent me an email back. They was like, hey, can you give us a call? Because we want to dissect your ideas and see how you came up with this. So, you know, in my mind, I'm well, she, she, she said, can we talk about it? So I'm thinking, oh, they want me to go down there and talk about it. I was like, when do you want to talk about it? They gave me the time and I went down there. And when I went down there, the lady was like, oh, you know, I wanted to speak to you, you know, via the phone. And I already knew something was up was there. And mm-hmm. her logic of why I didn't get picked is because my approach was too creative. However, they wanted to know about my approach. And it was well enough that they wanted to have a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. And the thing that gave it away was when I saw the other people's projects, wasn't even close to the amount of details and things that I had in it. Like, what people don't realize is, like, and I'll tell, it's like when you're black or when you're, like, not of some other, like, uh, race or something like that, you have to literally check out every box, and then you can still not get it. Wow. You know? Yeah. You can you have to check out every box. You have to be, you know, friendly. You know, code switcher. You have to be this, that, third. And then there can be somebody who doesn't even have half your boxes checked, and they'll get it. Because of the color of their skin. Yeah, color their skin, gender. You know, at the end of the day, gender plays a factor in it too. Like, if you so, you think hire, women like, get more jobs than you do? I think so. Okay. I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think if bad. you hire, I'll tell you this. I think companies strategically do it because if you hire a woman of color, you, you kill two birds with one stone. You have your minority in the office, and you have a woman in the office, mm. or wherever you decide to work at. You know what I mean? As opposed to somebody, you know, and it and they're. they're People are very, very fearful of like people of color. They just are because, you know, you got to think about the things that we have to go through when we're younger and things like that. Something like an office job or a gig, that's nothing. That's food to us. Like We're going to eat you alive rather than people who've been spoon fed shit their whole life. They don't know about hustle and grind and things like that and mm-hmm. digging deep. So if you put them up against somebody who comes from like a rural area where they had to fight for everything they ever had, they know that. 
they know mm. that they can't put you know their children up against people like that because we'd eat them alive in the, you know in any industry true indeed that's true yeah. so then i have another follow-up then to that gender thing mm-hmm. so do you think women have it easier than men in the music industry yes and no okay i think i think now women are in the industry like it's just everything but it goes back to what we were saying about being your true self as a woman in industry it's so hard to be your true self because put put it like this you could have a friendly outgoing personality but if you have a friendly outgoing personality in the music industry every guy you try to collaborate with is going to try to fuck you you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And they'll turn you and they'll turn you away if they can. And then, you know, you got to and then you'll have to you have to switch that up. You have to realize you have to be you have to let it be known the kind of person you are from Jump Street. You have to kind of be cold at certain points. And people are denying act like it's not true. But it is like you got to be a bulldog. And then, of course, you get la- labeled as an angry woman if you like that. You know what I mean? And that mm. cannot even be in your personal, you know. So it's tough because to, to maintain your morals in an industry where certain things are celebrated, that's not a part of everybody you know it's hard you know what i mean and i see the struggle and don't don't get me wrong it's it's, especially with engineering like i see female engineers i big them up all the time i'm like yo look you know do this shit because it's because it's not a lot of them doing the female producers all of it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. artists Mm -hmm. artists wise females have it but everywhere else not you're right you know there's there's a gridlock on men having like you know the top producers in the game and the top engineers but they're out there you know what i mean yeah like i don't know if no. Yeah, really. You, yeah. Like, yeah. Wonder Girl is, <laughs> is probably like one of the. You know, if you looked up, she did like Uptown with ASAP Rocky and stuff like that. Like, yeah, oh, she's built. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She, no, she's fine. She's but she's been out there. But even then, like, she did a song like that, and you know, people. It's not you. You know who Mike Will is. You know who you mm-hmm. know Timbaland. All these people are. But female producers, you really hear about them. Yeah, and they probably don't even get the recognition anyway. Because I mean, it's like any it's woman in power can't be taken serious most of the time <laughs> so <laughs> they can but like you gotta think about it it's like how society does not take women serious so. i think it's because of what they put in front you know what i mean like it's either you have to be perfect and you know all c- covered from head to toe or they put you know strippers or you know it's, mm. it's who's celebrated you know what i mean it's not a person who's like hey I'm a nice woman who's like, you know, just regular and, and they're not celebrated. They could be awesome as hell, but they're mm-hmm. not going to be celebrated because, you know, you can't sell that. You could sell right. sex or you could sell perfection. And it's just either, it's either one or the other. It, it just sucks because you know, I know there's a lot of great artists out there as far as women wise, a lot of great producers and they all got to go through that shit. Man. Well, it's funny because like, and I know this sounds crazy to some people, but I do feel like some men do have it harder than women when it comes to being an artist because they have that sex appeal that they can sell. Men can't do that. So you can't be out here showcasing your pecs and, you know, but these girls, they can showcase all that. So, I mean, yeah, I I feel you on that. I mean, it sucks, but I didn't know that piece about what you were saying about the whole, I mean, I know that it's like an unspoken thing, you know, the sexual harassment and men trying to have sex with these women. I think it happens a lot with yeah, it's really everywhere. And yeah, but I didn't really think of it to that extent. I mean, I do feel like, in my opinion, women do have it easier in some aspects. But yeah, it is harder, and it's true. Whatever society is cheering for is what works, and it is is being half naked. I put it like this: morally correct women have it harder. If you ain't more, right. if you don't care but about your morals, is, you got you got flexibility out there anymore, though. Mm-hmm. That's the problem, too. And even the ones that are, that people just succumb to shit. Like, if you fucking on the ground five, six years, and you trying to do this shit, you know, and then eventually some people in year six, they break. 
Like, fuck well, it. That's stupid. Okay. Because it takes 21 days to be a, uh, be a habit. I'm good. <laughs> I'll be going into year six the same. All right. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just me then. Fuck that. Ain't no way, anyhow, you're going to catch me. <laughs> fuck you. Okay. No way. <laughs> anyway, no way, no how. I would I be. I told you, you can't say shady shit and then say <laughs> no shade. <laughs> I know. It's horrible. <laughs> Let's move on from this topic. Moving mm-hmm. on. Okay. Because anyway, so okay. Topic <laughs> three I want to talk about is the stigmas attached to black culture and hip hop. And mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like, okay, I mean, I'm not old, old, but back in the days, I do feel like, and sometimes in certain parts of this country, when there is mm-hmm. black culture and hip hop, there's this stigma attached, obviously, that, oh, it's drugs, it's violence, it's gangs, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I do feel like, I want to ask this, I mean, I don't know how long you've been in the game of doing this, but do you think that the stigmas that are attached to black culture and hip hop have maybe hindered either you or even other black producers from coming up in the game? Like, do they automatically view you because you do like imagine you're an engineer you're a producer right mm-hmm. and you are more geared towards r&b hip-hop probably some soul whatever but like do you think that there's a stigma attached to that that maybe somebody in rock or country doesn't want to work with you no i mean i think people it's it's more of a talent thing like i said people just want to work with talented people like there might be situations but it's not as common as you would think like if you're a black dude that's capable of doing rock music and you're dope, of course somebody's gonna fucking work with you. You know what I mean? Okay. And, but like you said, there but there there may be scenarios where you know you come into a situation like I don't know, this guy has no reputation and they won't work with you. But like I said, even in the music industry, it's all about reputation. Like mm. if your reputation precedes you, you can you have flexibility. But if you if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But mm. I do know that you know one thing I can tell you is black people is it's a cool thing you know what i mean that's that's what that's how people outside of black culture view it. like it's a cute cool mm. thing like i would never want to be black but i'm definitely capable of enjoying some black songs and saying nigga when nobody's around don't but, get me into that cultural appropriation bullshit <laughs> okay look no that's exactly mm. that's exactly what it is it's it's uh, everybody you know you look at people like tiger woods you know and stuff like that. everybody like listen they're like i i ain't, i'm not one of them niggas all right that I'm Asian, uh, but, you know, but then they get arrested oh you know it's it, it goes up and down man but the biggest mm. thing is pretty much like your reputation is your is your past to whatever you want to do like if you got a good reputation all that other bullshit don't matter gotcha okay i mean mm, mm, i guess um okay it's just that cultural no, appropriation shit no it's just the cultural appropriation shit it just bugs me because it's like and I mean yeah. I know like I mean I don't work in the music industry but it really irks me because again I've had these conversations where I don't understand why it has to be entertainment black culture why is that entertainment because, why because it is just, why is it a it look is. why you is it a vibe because like, it's a thing it's, an, it's a thing that like a person can go I could never do that but I love to watch it like the whole like some people are being ratchet and crazy like yo i love that shit exactly exactly people like i love that shit but i could never be that especially like other like white people indian people all across the world they love that shit asian people love hip-hop culture but at the end of the day it's like i could never be black but they be doing some cool funny shit and it's you know that's just what it is you know like oh okay of course of course (laughs) of course don't give me not protesting is a fucking pointless shit. That's a, that. Don't get me started uh-huh, on that shit. We'll have a. Uh-huh, you wrong. No, no. No. Don't say that. Anything that anything that society lets you do, they let you do it because it's not an effect to them. 
We've protested how many fucking countless goddamn things and nothing has happened for any of it. So then what do you we suggest then if you are if you against protesting? So what do we do? You got to like work within your community and actually shit on the ground. Like stopping traffic isn't going to stop police from choking people out. You know what I mean? Like that shit they still they 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 lose how many killings since we since the Trayvon Martin thing since the you know Eric Garner thing how many killings have happened? Wait, still I, happened? all right, I need it. All right, wait, I'm gonna have you to go back. Right, we're gonna go ahead. You you're gonna have an opportunity mm-hmm. re- to retract what the fuck you just said because I'm confused. <laughs> you said what? we need no. to go in our com- in our community from the ground up to I guess fix our community. So cops shooting black spend, people what, what that got to do with that well, I, don't well get that. I mean i mean like when you say protesting like why like how do you actually make a difference around like protesting doesn't make a fucking well we're going off topic so anyway. how do we fix Protest- police officers who choose to kill black and brown people there's no real solution to it i mean unless you want to get radical like i feel like the only way to do it is to get radical and please i don't i don't advocate for violence that's why i don't think there's anything really that you can do but asking people to stop choking and hurting black people you're asking them that's what protesting is doing like hey please stop hurting us and they Mm -hmm. said no (laughs) yeah but do you really think protesting has not been effective like really because now there's cameras on these cops i mean i'm not saying like oh things have fully changed like (laughs) considering no but considering no no considering what has been from years ago to now i mean there has been some type of progress and i mean i do feel like protesting does make a difference because you can for example like these look at starbucks okay Mm -hmm. look at those black men that got called you know they called the police on him people started protesting what did starbucks do now everybody can fucking use the bathroom no questions asked and it got some little racial bias sensitive training done i mean so i do feel like it is effective i don't feel like and i don't think it's asking for permission you're demanding when you're protesting i'm not over here like please can you please not know what that's you're still it's you're demanding but the demand is still a, a, it's asking instead of saying hey we don't it, there's a difference between saying hey we in our community do not tolerate police brutality and we figure out a way to like i don't but know that's I said, what I we're doing in protesting not, no protesting is walking saying we don't like this we don't like this oh, change this change oh, this and it's, you know what because you're in new york and you, you see that shit all day long that's i don't it don't matter to you yeah you gotta <laughs> you gotta think about it like i you look you look in some communities Make like sure on the even train. like in like you know <laughs> exactly i you know what i don't I, I whole nother you could ah uh, you could bring me back we talk you know po- politics and shit we about to go off onto a whole you know, i know we need to stay back to, get, to music you about to you're getting on my nerves the, exactly you, you about know, to sit exactly. on the fbi watch list fucking around man <laughs> exactly you about to have me all fucked up in the game <laughs> You heard it here first. <laughs> Y'all that protest in New York make him late to work. <laughs> Fuck, I'm late anyway. The fucking you you you've been living in New York shitty ass MTA. It's been worse than your ass. No, it just pisses shit. me off when people want to jump in front of the train. Stupid shit. What? <laughs> what it makes me mad when people want to kill themselves when I gotta right. go to work. Why Fuck. today? Why right now? You petty as fuck for that shit. Look, look, I'm going to hell already. You couldn't so. wait. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that shit at two in the morning. Suicide. We talking politics. I know. Nah, fuck it. Oh, you got you, man. You got saw you last night. Did a broad day. You got to do that shit when it matters. Oh yeah, eight thirty in the morning. Anyway, let's move the hell on. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I want to talk about parenting. And um, so I want to know, so I mean, you're a dad and I mean, you're mm -hmm. busy and you have, you know, you're a man of many hats. So how do you balance like being a dad and then obviously your career? So I didn't at first. Uh, when my like when I first first really got to the industry, like I was like every time I had my son, I was like worn out because, you know, I'm up four or five in the morning doing all of this stuff. And, you know, the, the movie watcher, I'd be like, hey, man, you want to watch a movie? I put a movie, fall asleep, man. You know, he, he told on me one time and I got yelled at for it. I was just like, all right, you know, as I grew up in the music industry a little bit more and things started to slow down, you know, your kid gets older and the, those times start to mean more and more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't have the greatest relationship with my dad. Like we kind of been on and off for a couple of years. And one of my biggest things as soon as he was born is like trying to make him a, a not feel the things that I felt when I was younger or even as a teenager. And it, it is a balance. It is hard. And you have to learn to say no to some opportunities because at the end of the day, the people, I wanted to move like people without kids. You know what I mean? Because I wanted mm. to be in the opportunities they did. And then, you know, it took me to really like dive inward and be like, yo, like, honestly, any accomplishment I ever do in the music industry will never be greater than the title of dad. You know right. what I mean, I could be Grammy Award winner, platinum, this, that, and the third, but it still won't outweigh my, you know, whatever life will bring me as if I do right by my son. Right. So, you know, there would be there be times where like people have gotten great opportunities that I had to pass on, and they're they're doing all of these great things. But I always have to remind myself, like, you know, I'm a dad. Like that's that's gonna be my greatest thing I've ever accomplished in life. You know what I mean? Like that comes good first. to my son. Exactly. Yeah. And it took a while. You know, you gotta grow. Like you know. Black men, we got it hard as far as figuring out what a dad is like because we always have these ideal, unrealistic expectations from our fathers, and then we put them on ourselves. And some people just got fucking issues. I don't even want to go into like. <laughs> I was gonna say, but like well, well, yeah, I was gonna say there are some stigmas attached to being a black father. I feel like you're just guilty because you're you're a black dad. Period. And oh, then yeah, it's like course, a shock factor to see you in a photo with your kid and taking him to the park. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, he's a father. Yeah. And I don't understand yeah, why yeah. is that. It sucks because even with holidays, like when the Mother's Day comes around, they make them do all of these nice things for their moms and things like that. And fathers, and I get it, you know, because some people don't have fathers in school and, you know, they don't want kids drawing up Happy Father's Day and shit because, you know, if they don't have a dad at home, because, you know, it's always the same mother's baby, papa's baby, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, but even then, it still feels like bias. And then don't, don't get me wrong on Father's Day when women jumping out like, I, Happy Father's Day to me because I'm a father's like. A, no, it's, it's fucking annoying That's it's fucking shit. annoying like i yeah no but it it's 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 tough man it's tough like being a dad a black dad is tough because you know don't understand the things that we needed because of the relationships we have with our father and mm. you know you have to realize what i realize as a parent is like first and foremost you're not perfect you're growing with the child you know what i mean mm -hmm. and men especially when you have a book because i have a son and men especially, you have to teach us about emotions. Like, we, like, it took me 30 years to be like, all right, listen, I'm sensitive as fuck. Shit gets on my nerves more than other you people. You are? I feel shit. Yeah, yeah, I'll admit that as a man. I'm sensitive okay. as shit. Like, you, you, you say hurt my fucking feelings. Why? Because I'm a person. Most dudes walk around, you know, you pussy or you soft if you get your feelings hurt or whatever. You know, you as a man, you can feel heartbreak. You can feel mm. anger and all of this shit. That's why niggas do stupid shit. Because they don't know what their what their emotions is telling them. Like, oh, I, these things were given to you so you can navigate life. You know what I mean? And that's why it took me the longest to realize why I got through so much shit or why I have these uh, positions to, like, you know, be in certain situations with certain people. And so now with my son, 
I'm trying to teach him how to regulate his emotions. Like, so when he feels frustration, I describe it to like, look, this is frustration. This is sadness. This is happiness. You know what I mean? Mm. Be the person that you needed when you were younger. But yeah, balancing it was tough at first, you know, but I realized the necessity, like now where I'm at is like, you know, I'm super important to him. You know what I mean? Like the time he values it more than anything when I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's crazy. No, I understand. No, that's good. I was going to also actually, I mean, because I feel like us as parents, we're always hard on ourselves. Like when we work and then we have these dreams and then we have kids and then we're like, okay, we're doing it for them to give them what we never had. But then in in the other turn of events, though, we're missing out on all these firsts. And so do you have any regrets? Do you ever feel bad? Are you finding that you have to like, if you do feel bad that you're like having to make up to him and those kind of things or just you've just learned to say, look, it is what it is. And yeah, now I'm is more now. like along because I did I did have my regrets, you know what I mean? But if I didn't go through the things that I went through as far as like learn learning, I wouldn't be the kind of dad I am today. Like I'm way more emotionally intelligent than I was like five, six years ago. You know what I mean? And okay. I had to go through some shit to get to this point. You know what I mean? Emotional intelligence is an actual thing. Like, you know mm. what I mean? I can explain things to him. I can teach him how to, you know, because a lot of the things that he gets from me, I only got in sprinkles through like, you know, anybody who wanted to mentor me here and there. But like he gets it from me full time. Nice. OK. Because, you know, I'm more. At, yeah. So it's, it's just one of those things. Like I don't have any regrets, man. I just flow. That's my thing. That's good. So what about co-parenting? Because I feel like especially um, oh. in like the black community, there is again that other stigma that you know you can't coexist with your child's mother or whatnot and then also the other pieces too is that okay you're out here living your mm-hmm. dreams you're doing big things and then mom is at home with your son and so I mean how do you co-parent? Do you co-parent or not? Or if that's Shit, a personal no, question I, you can't answer, we can pass. No I can answer it. I really I can answer it because honestly some do like honestly my situation isn't the greatest you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. honestly me and my baby mother we met in high school you know, you got to think about it. And showing my age, you know, that's like 15, you know, 17 years ago. You got to think about it. You're not the same person in five years. So you got to think about how the divergence happens in 10, 15 years with two totally different people. Mm-hmm. I can't like figure out like her, what her beef with me is. And I don't, and I'm at a point where like, listen, at the end of the day, because we had the issues like most, you know, when you first break up, you know, we are just fighting all the time, yelling at each other and, not co-parents and i i put it at this point like when as a man when you're in that situation your pride has to go out the window i'm like look if you want me to sit there and ask them you know instead of saying like yo i'm picking my son up you need me to ask to make you feel powerful like here can i pick my son up can i do this okay. it doesn't matter like being the bigger person go out the window. yeah you have to you know she talks to me all crazy does all kinds but at the end of the day i'm like you know what as long as my son is happy it don't matter you know what i mean i i, I could care less you know what i mean like, you know even like some situations like making trying to make me feel like i'm less of a dad because you, you know they know that some men that that's a soft spot because i would never mm. want to be a bad dad you know what i mean and, but but at the end of the day you live in your truth you do what you got to do that's it you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. the co-parenting is tough especially on black men you know what i mean because it's like the system is made to if you if you don't have a successful relationship it can be used against you child support mm-hmm. you know you go to you go to court you know what i mean and it doesn't matter like you, you you're the bad guy in all of those situations but like okay. i said at the end of the day the most the most important thing to me is my son you know if he's happy and he's running around and he's having a good thing i can give a fuck less about all that mm-hmm. other bullshit 
So, because at least from the things I see on, you know, social media, um, it looks like when it comes to co-parenting, a lot of complaints women have about men, black men, is that y'all don't support your kids financially, emotionally, physically. And I mean, sometimes there are some men that think because that, hey, they stepped up a day, you know, or two a week, that that's sufficient. And they think because they throw some money here or they maybe do some, you know, Christmas gifts to some or birthday gifts that that's that's good enough I mean so I guess I want to kind of understand like what advice would you give to men out there like what do they need to do to I guess reach that full potential of being a great dad I think given the sensitivity of parents in between two people it's mm-hmm. so hard to communicate like a lot of women like don't communicate well with not women just say people in general they don't communicate well with each other and from okay. my experiences, my baby mother struggled in a lot of ways, but didn't tell me about it because she thought it was my job to ask. And there would be but times where I would ask, know. But, you know, let me, let me, let me, I mean, no, there'll be, be times where I would ask, but the communication okay. is so bad. I don't need nothing because you don't want ask? anything from me. Why ask? Why not just do? Because. Drop it off. No, no, I do. I, I do. But the thing is, if, if, if you're doing these things, you, you, you need help in specific places. You have to say, Hey, I need help here. Okay, but hear me out. General- Buy some mm-hmm. food. Buy food. I'm sorry to cut you off because, you know, I'm a woman. So, and I have kids. Yeah. Regardless yeah. if there is a specific area, I feel like, though, we kind of know whatever it is for you to survive and live, right? Your son mm-hmm. needs that. So, why not just buy that shit? Maybe build that rapport with her and then work to no. the space of that. Why Why does it have to be? And I hate, no shade, but I really mm-hmm. hate when men say, well, you didn't tell me what you need. I'm not a mind because reader. Because that's ridiculous. But that's the truth. Honestly, there's some people who avoid doing shit. Like I understand the sensitivity, but I, but that's the truth. If you you can't, if, if something like and I, I I use analogies a lot, but if something's wrong with the fucking car and you're the mechanic, you can't say, hey, buy some new tires and figure that, and you know maybe that shit will help. You gotta say, you, look, this that's is the a area. wrong analogy. Ciao, bye. No, no, but I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying there's there is. Don't get me wrong. I did the general things. I'm like, okay, I see his feet are dusty. I buy him shoes. I buy him jeans. But the thing is, she'll be mad about something that I didn't know about like, without getting personal. Like, and, like, it's like you have to communicate. Like, if at, at the end of the day, I think mm-hmm. it's more of an emotional thing to say, oh, he should be just figuring it out because that's what somebody desires if you're together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if you're not together, I am not with the, I'm not with you five, seven days a week. I don't know your struggles. I don't know what you're going through. And yet you're upset with me because you don't feel like you should be going through it alone. And that's not mm-hmm. fair. You're holding somebody accountable for the things that they don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. If you ain't doing shit, if you ain't asking shit, that's different. Like, if a nigga ain't doing nothing, okay. Because there definitely are some ancient niggas out there that don't do shit for their kids. Don't ask, don't check up on them, don't seem emotionally, things like that. Look here. I disagree with the whole... You made a point about how she feels like, oh, you're she's mad at you because you're not going through that struggles. I think with women, there's a lot of resentment because at the end of the day, like we have to get up every day and take care of these kids while you guys get to go and sleep into 12 o'clock, one o'clock, whatever clocks, do what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it. And then when you say, hey, okay, it's my time, my weekend. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, I can understand and feel that from a woman's perspective because men do have it easy. And I mean, no shade yet, yeah, you're going to be dad of the year because you ain't got to deal with the day to day. I mean, so I, I can see that and I can feel that. Okay. The thing about that is, though, and this is not, I'm just, I'm not saying this is your situation, but I'm saying most girls who feel like that about doing the day to day thing is like this, it's when you wanted to keep the guy. 
like you, you're supposed to be here with me help me with this because how because logically realistically unless you give the child to you know your baby father three or four days a week because which no woman's going to do that but listen a lot of women are on benefits that uh require them to be the because that's why i said it's a whole system Oh, well, no, no, well that's that ghetto mentality. I'm sorry. I was talking about like from grown women perspective. <laughs> of course. Gay. No, no, no. My Don't bad. get me wrong. It's <laughs> it's 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 so many dynamics to this shit because there's a lot of great mothers with shitty baby fathers, and there's a lot of great fathers with you know shitty baby mothers. And you know, it, it it's if usually if two great parents connect and they usually wind up staying together. You know what I mean? Not so always. It's, that's it's, not true. People can go here and not, not be always. together. I just very, very yeah, but at the end of the day, you see how rare that shit is, and it's fucked up. It's, it's I don't think rare it's that rare. Parents... I don't think it's rare. You I don't just think, think so. It... You... No, I don't think it. Maybe because maybe because of my circle, but I don't think so. I don't feel like I it's rare. It's, it's I feel more... like no. I feel like that's a New York mentality. Maybe, but it, but it's more it's more in the this there's more on the not work side than there's more on the working side. Mm, yeah, New York. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Where in New York? No, I mean, you know why? Because I'm I'm speaking from experience, right? And looking at my cousins and stuff. And you are right. I feel like the big piece in New York, and I don't care if y'all hate me after this, is that y'all bitches are so hung up on getting your food stamps (laughs) and claiming y'all y'all motherfucking taxes for y'all kids, and that's why y'all don't want to give up the child. Um, I'm I'm being honest. That's a New York mentality because that's how y'all get by and live and get your Air Max and be sitting outside with your three hundred dollars fellas. A whole system on it. It's a whole system on it. No, I disagree. There are parents out there. I do feel like that they can co-parent, and I don't think it's that that piece. I feel like because New York is a struggle, and you have to get it how you live. That is how you mm-hmm. live, and I feel like yeah, giving mm-hmm. up that meal ticket, aka your kid, is okay, is a big yeah. piece to survival. And I mean that's how y'all survive right. out there. Period. That's how you get your bills paid. That's how you do everything. So. That's just being real, okay? Like yeah. that's that's the thing. But I'm saying, if you lived a normal mm-hmm. life where you have a normal job, and I know people of normal lives, normal jobs, no shade to y'all on anything. Yes, it does exist, and to me, it doesn't appear rare to me. I do feel like because you are in that atmosphere and that is survival mm-hmm. for y'all, it's not going to be normal. But I'm trying to let you know that. Why it you is keep normal. saying y'all like you ain't living? New- How many years you lived in New York? You're in New York. Don't let that Washington shit. Get it. I'm, in New York I y'all. no longer. I am no longer in New York because I leveled yeah. up. No shade. <laughs> you uh, <laughs> you in New Yorker no matter where I you go. I leveled up. Okay, yeah. I am a New Yorker, but I don't have that survival mentality. Yeah, because you don't live here no more. But even if I did, no, because I've always been the type like, hey, I'm working. I never was like, well, I'm gonna depend on the system to do this. No, no. And that's you. As I said, you, the things that you're saying, there's way more people on the opposite side of the fence saying, yeah, I'm going to sit right, over but that's, here that's the part that kind of, Well, that's what I said. That's the survival mode. That's the culture there. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I'm not knocking it and stuff, but I'm just trying to let you know, like, that piece, like, it, you know, because to go back to what you said. But more importantly, aside from those things of anything, I still do mm-hmm. feel like when it comes to men and parenting, I do feel like, yes, regardless of why she keeping your kid 24-7 because it's a come up for her or not, it's still as a mother it is a lot more in the day to day and I don't think it's that oh 
because she wants you there that it was because hey i want to be with you but i do feel like and i think it's really because i talked about this in a few episodes on season one it is very important to understand that when you're going to have fun a baby with somebody i would hope that because you're going to have fun this baby that is because you guys loved each other and y'all wanted to be together i get relationships don't always work out but i do feel like and i don't understand why why can't you just come after school and help him with his homework for two hours why can't you just pick him up from school because why does it have to be your I might weekend? not fucking like you i'm not gonna sit in your house no you. why bullshit. it's your son <laughs> it's your son though no i'll bullshit i'll bullshit who cares if i got him 24 7 right my thing is this is it's true if there are struggles like getting your child ready for school helping him with homework come the fuck through it don't have to be because it's your every other weekend you're right but it's still that's ideal thinking like some people cannot occupy the same space and don't get me wrong like yes the child should be the number one priority oh, but Lord. it's just that that it takes two man any situation that counseling. takes <laughs> oh shit i'm I'm about to call Ayana. <laughs> like Ayana, come fix his nah, life. Don't that, that, <laughs> listen, listen. Nah, let's not even go into that. I don't even want people oh. listening to my shit like that. Exactly. I'm about to put me on niggas about to be all up in my fucking business. No, now. But they not. Nobody knows. To, I just want to help out. I just want to help out dudes out there that may go through similar situations. Right. No, of course. This is what the job is. Just to let, just to let them know, like yo, you at the the biggest thing I could say is like yo, your child's the number one priority, and you just gotta keep your cool. And as long as that's your fixed point, you know nothing else fucking matters. Like you can go through all the hoops and hurdles because it's your child. Because you know, like you know, I I knew how it would feel when I was younger to just feel alone. You know what I mean? And wanting my dad to come, and you know, when I'm having tough moments, and you know, he's not there. You know what I mean? And then do you kind of just like I said, that's what starts the cycle of losing identity, and you start to develop all these fucking emotional ticks and, and triggers and that's I don't want my son to feel like that you know what I mean mm. so I don't care what I have to go through because I know the alternative you know it took me to get to be 30 you know years for me to go okay I have an emotional identity and I'm not even I've not even mastered it yet I just know the direction I have to head in to mm. be myself you know what I mean but I went through so much shit like getting into shitty relationships because people validated me hanging around people to validate me doing shit mm. because I got validated and being all the while being sensitive the whole entire time and ignoring that you know what I mean like you know I'm like I'm like I'm, I'm fucking fighting and doing all of this shit and then I'm like fucking mad you know I'm, I'm upset because I beat somebody up and I'm feeling bad I'm like oh they all fucked up you know and it's just I'm that's not my nature and it took me 30 years to figure out my nature so I want my and I, my light wasn't protected you know what I mean and my you know you got my mother she's working she got two kids big ass feet you know she working as hard as she can she ain't got time to fucking manage emotions and do all of that shit because she has to fucking make the money to take care of two kids. You know what I mean? So my responsibility to my son is like, yo, just just protect his life. Make sure he grows up and whatever I got to go through to do that, I'm going to go through it. Oh. And like a lot of men have to understand that. A lot of men have to understand that factor when you go out there like, yo, whatever you got to do to make your, your child the best person. Cause I'd be ready to, I feel like some people should catch phase for the kids. They'd be like, leave, you know, raising and shit like that. Like, <laughs> Some of the people I bump into in my life, like, I don't want to fight them. I want to fight their parents. I'm like, yo, you should have to shoot the fade for the child you raised, man. Because that mm. shit is bullshit. You know what I mean? But yeah, fellas, Look. keep calm. <laughs> you know, be good to your kids. That's all that fucking matter. All that other bullshit. Stop fucking your baby mamas. You know, that'll oh, help. Hmm. Well, let, I was going to say, take take Bella as advice, right? And sit in your baby mama's house and help your child with your homework. No, That's putting up with listen. the bullshit, too. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah. 
we'll we'll talk about that shit off this shit because yeah, that's a whole whole nother fucking conversation. I know, I know. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. We're gonna take a listen to a sneak peek of Bel Air's new song "Bust the Love" coming from his upcoming EP in October. Love's a weapon of your enemy Close my eyes, it's you I see In my dreams, it's you I see I get no sleep Cause it's you I'm dreaming of Don't wanna feel no more Wish you would leave me alone know but let's let's move on anyway so this this part gonna get good anyway so i want to talk about relationships and love okay while pursuing your dream so i i'm gonna go out there because i had a series of questions but i want to talk about this guy i was talking to my friend today about this and she was telling me how she don't need a man right now you know because she wants to focus on singing and i said girl you don't need a man you're supposed to want a man and then i said more importantly how come you can't balance love and doing singing so my first question to you is is that how do you balance love and your career it's hard because like musicians are wired differently like we're some like we we're we're energy heavy you know what i mean and a lot of Mm -hmm. relationships they take it take dutiful we're not dutiful people to the things outside of music it's just mm-hmm. it's a hard balance um and you got to realize that uh, it's hard for me because like um i've gotten better with it but your free time is to music and people don't necessarily grasp that if you don't do music like mm-hmm. if you don't have like you have your podcast you understand what a passion is but there's some people who just you know they it's nothing wrong with it but they don't really have a passion like they like to travel they do things so when you're sitting so when you get home after a long day and they get home after a long day and they want to just spend time with you and then you like yo i'm about to go sit in this corner over here and work on some music that shit rubs them the wrong way like mm-hmm. so there's something more important than me like it's, <laughs> it's really hard to find somebody out there that's centered enough to deal with that shit and then honestly niggas will lie to you if you're not out here scamming or you know you ain't got like an extremely good job most musicians don't really have that much money and even when we do have money we invest it in our music we spend it on studio time we spend it on musical equipment so even that like we may struggle a little bit you know what i mean and then like so many dynamics to dating a musician people with me how i manage it is like i gotta like if if i deal with somebody it's gotta be a genuine connection i gotta be honest with them and let them know where i'm at and then Mm. you know it it, it, if it works it works and if it doesn't it doesn't you know what i mean yeah it's it's tough like Mm -hmm. it's tough because that that level of honesty that you have to have with yourself and a person it's hard to even come to that shit by yourself let alone with another person okay no i feel that and that's funny because i actually told her that too i said you know i said um you know i'm not like for example she goes on some dates and now i guess the guy's spelling mm-hmm. her and i was like well girl just have the conversation like be i'm a tray shooter like i'm gonna just tell you from the mm-hmm. jump like look this is what i'm looking for this is my focus either get with it or get lost you know what i mean like giving people that conversation and setting those boundaries and i think sometimes some people don't do that so i, I like that you said that because it is true i think just being up front and then finding people that understand that i think just changes the whole dynamic versus somebody that has false hope or false expectations yeah. and yeah say, but it's it's hard to be that honest with people because it thins your feel like if you look at it when you walk to a girl like listen man i ain't got that much money i do a lot of music 
uh, you know, but I want somebody. They're gonna, they gonna be like, they're gonna be like, okay, so where do I leave? Like, where's the door? Like, what's that? Yeah, I'm the head shallow out. bitches, the non-independent bitches. Of course, Whatever. but we just, but even then, but even then, the the field. I live in New York, so you, I, you know, you're gonna, you, I know you're gonna circle back to that, but the field of that is is so small and then even then it's it's just so many dynamics that come into it take you me know, to you... the dollar pizza shop we good <laughs> ah, that shit only holds up for so goddamn long whatever okay mm-hmm. i don't know what was your what question is? what was your question <laughs> okay look like you said i'm from new york right i'm a new yorker mm-hmm. <laughs> take me to the dollar pizza job i'm good let shit if a nigga buy me egg <laughs> rolls and iced tea we fine it's all See, good. <laughs> yeah, but you that's yeah, no, that's a that's unicorn shit because everywhere else, you know, because no, you that's got, that, bougie, that bougie ghetto shit. Okay. Nah, oh, man, God, it's God. advertised. It's advertised. <laughs> you know, you got fucking, you know, you can say that all you want to, and then you know, you got all these ten girls like, yeah, I want to chows and leaps, and you know, it's it's but yeah, it, they live in sociology. The True, but it's sociology, but they don't give a fuck about that shit. I don't give a fuck about that shit. That's stupid as fuck. That's you. you. Like I told you, moral, <laughs> moral compasses are hard to find in this day and age, man. You got, for every, they could I be somebody with the shittiest moral moral compass ever. And be, they go, let me go look online. There are fucking a hundred other females. And then I tell people this all the time. No matter how sh- shitty a female is, her demands will be met by some nigga out there. Mm. You could live in a fucking a cardboard box and say, I need a nigga with a Bugatti. There's a nigga <laughs> with a Bugatti that will date a chick in a cardboard box. With a mattress on the it's... floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's the world. That's the world we live in. What? Anyway, let's move on. So I have a question then. <laughs> so talking what? about you being in the music industry, do you find it hard mm. to be faithful when you're in a relationship? Um, no. I've I've never really been a cheater. Like it's, it's never my thing. Like don't get me wrong, I'm a big ass flirt, and I don't do it. They say black men don't cheat. <laughs> they don't. We don't. <laughs> okay. Black men don't cheat, as of 2019. But um, for others, I feel like it's hard. I mean, engineers especially. Like if you're recording, because you're a lot. The amount of people you see is way more than like you know workplace. You know, fornication happens all the time. And you got to think about the volume of, especially if you're a good engineer, the people you'll see. And don't be a good artist. Like, so many people are trying to come up because people are um, amazed or intrigued by artists. Like, oh, this is mystic, dope person. And then, like, girls, like, the hot girl summer shit got girls out here moving like niggas. They, like, you know, they don't care for all that <laughs> dating and, like, court and shit. They're like, listen, this is what I want. And, it, you know, it. You be like, damn, like niggas out here getting treated like piece of meat, oh, because of Meg. So then, but, how do hey, you, you know, stay faithful through that? Then, so how do you be like, nah, like how do? And then, how do you expect? So then, and what advice would you give to women to like trust that? Because you gotta find you a nigga that values connection over like sex. Because honestly, like connection is the most important thing. Like once you understand the connection with a person and you have the sex with the connection. It's not gonna like it doesn't hold the candle to the other bullshit. Like if, if you fuck somebody without a connection, it's like being hungry and getting some food that you didn't want to eat. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like mm. I ain't really want that shit, I, but I ate it anyway, and it's just like oh, now I feel like shit. I should have just ate what I had. So it's the connection over it. But then again, like I said, it's the music. You know, you're a feely person. You might have a connection with somebody else. It's it, how to stay. You, if you date somebody in music, you got to trust them. You got to know that you can trust them. Mm. And I mean, trust is a very hard thing to come by in this day and age. It's not easy to trust everybody or everybody's not worthy of trust. And sometimes you just might not even do it. Like It's like, I can't date this nigga. I can't trust him. 
Mm, true indeed. I know, yeah. Trust is really hard. And, and I think it comes down to, like, your insecurities, too, honestly. Yeah, but everybody's insecure at some point. Oh, yeah, of Everybody, course. Like, I mean, yeah. But as long as somebody don't play feel. into it, though, as long as the person doesn't play into your insecurities, then you okay. That's what they do, though. That's what people do. That's how people. That's that's how it works. Shit. Mm, damn shit. Be alone forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, be feeling like that. Like once you once you get to a certain point where you just don't talk. Like you you start to like you come to a point where like all right, I'm gonna pay attention to these red flags. You are gonna get eliminated off bad energy and red flags. You realize that like ninety percent of like your date and the relationships won't work. Like you see that shit probably in the first week a month, and you're just like, damn, this shit ain't this shit ain't gonna work. This mother and but but we're all ideal thinkers, and we're told that we're supposed to work through it and shit like that. And this shit always has the same result. Like I rarely get people to prove me wrong when my energy instincts tell me like this shit ain't gonna work. Mm, I hear that. Okay, yeah. Mr. Vibe Guy. So, so final question in this topic is is going to be, um, I want to know, do you think being in a relationship can kill your career? And more importantly, do you think it's just important just to focus? Like, fuck love. Who got time for that? Just focus on your career. I think being in a bad relationship can kill you, period. Not <laughs> bad, but a relationship. Not bad. A relationship. I mean, just, no, no, no. <laughs> a, 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 I say that because a good relationship is always going to be good for you. If you got somebody good in your corner who supports you, who's, who's mm-hmm. emotionally supportive, financially supportive, like the sky is the limit. You know what I mean? There's nothing. It's two people working at it instead of one. You know, they're going to they're going to be on your P's and Q's. But like, hey, you got to date. The, you know, that you got to date to go there and make sure you get some sleep tonight. You know what I mean? A person who cares for your well-being, if you're at 100 percent, you're going to be able to do anything you have to do. But if a person is insecure and they're draining, they're narcissistic, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't even go, you can't even work a regular job, let alone how something that <laughs> takes all of your time as much as music, you know? Right. So I think you, it's, it's everything is, is pertaining to each person because it's different. Like where you are in your life financially, emotionally, physically as well, you know what I mean? It, it determines whether you can be good to somebody and they can be good to you because if you're not, emotionally aware of how you deserve to be treated because you're treating yourself like that ain't nobody else out there gonna treat you with the same standard because it's you know because you're not familiar with it gotcha no that's good advice i mean so so what do you say to anybody upcoming them like if they are in a relationship like i guess what's the the last piece for this is what kind of advice would you give to them if they are in a relationship um and they are pursuing a career what should they do uh, Jennifer, I went to like this Jennifer Lewis show. She told me she said something to the crowd, and it resonated with me like a motherfucker. <laughs> Love yourself, so when it comes, it's not a stranger. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have to you if you love yourself and you you treat yourself to the highest standard, you're not gonna accept anything less from anybody else. And mm-hmm. we're so busy trying to love other people and put things into other stuff. We rarely put it into ourselves as far as taking care of our bodies. It's like what we eat reading doing things like you know making sure we keep our energy right self-care so if you love yourself and you take care you taking care of yourself you're not going to allow nobody to come and fuck your shit up so just love yourself man okay well good advice then so i have a game that i want us to play and this is new here we go you (laughs) always playing games i know right no so this is new I know it was it was pretty ratchet too, but this is new though for my okay. my podcast and stuff. But no, it's it's actually a good game. Um, okay. I played it on the season premiere and it was like you know it was a little funny. But anyway, so it's gonna be called Press Play or Stop the Track. So it's similar to like a okay. this or that. I'm gonna give you two or three artist names and you're gonna tell me who you're gonna mm. press play eh, press play on and then who you're gonna mm. stop the track with. 
Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. First one is going to be Lauren Hill versus Erica Badu. Oh, that's Lauren Hill. That's easy. She always late to her show, but she's talented. But Lauren. <laughs> so I'm going to press play on Lauren. I'm going to stop where Erica. Okay. What about Drake versus Pusha T? Drake, of course. Okay. Ella May versus her. Oh, press play on her all day. Ellie Ma, you got to stop. She's been singing the same fucking song for like <laughs> for the past two years. It's, it's time to stop. Yeah, that's it. Literally. All right. What about yeah. Chris Brown versus Trey Songs? Chris. Chris Brown? Okay. Yeah, Chris, Chris, Chris Brown press play. Stop Trey. <laughs> all right. What about bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll versus chopped cheese? Oh, shit. Well, 30-year-old me can't eat either one of them shits because my stomach ain't what it used to be. But if I was in high school, shit, it depends on the time of day. <laughs> I ain't gonna eat no fucking chopped cheese in the morning. Nah, I can't. I'll You'd admit that question. I ain't doing that. You're, You're not gonna put me in trouble in New York. The niggas gonna be like, your word be you don't like a chopped cheese. <laughs> I ain't fucked that. That's, right? Nah, All right. That. I'm going to play on bacon, egg, and cheese because that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Fuck chopped cheese. Whatever. You put it, what you, you put ketchup and mayonnaise on it still? No, just ma- I never put ketchup. Eh. I just put mayonnaise. Yeah. I don't well, I put ketchup on the eggs. You're weird. That's not weird. <laughs> yeah. It's actually quite amazing. It's funny. I'm pretty sure in Washington, you ask for bacon, egg, and cheese. If you don't ask them to put mayonnaise they on it, don't make that out here. Sandwich, don't they? they don't oh, make that. You're tight. You're tight. <laughs> That's they what happens when you leave bacon. New York. You want to be, you want to level up, and then you leave bacon, egg, and cheese behind. It's you right. sour. No, it's all right. Because when I visit, I, <laughs> I buy a bunch at the store and I freeze them. <laughs> That's nasty as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they got no, a hard it's ass bacon, egg, and No, it's not. Nah. the motherfucker. No, it's not. That's it's nasty. like a Jimmy Dean. Oh, that's nasty. That's nasty as a motherfucker. I know. I know. Anyway, okay, I got another one now. Bad Boy <laughs> versus Death Row versus Rockefeller. But you can only pick one for press play. You know which one I'm going to pick. I work for the Bad Boy. I know. I know. Exactly. But still, I had to ask. Okay. All right, I got another one. Acoustic versus acapella. Uh, acoustic. Okay. Aaliyah versus Beyonce. Come on, the fuck? <laughs> the fuck out of here. Next question. Get no! me in trouble. Look at it. You, gotta, you don't want to answer that either. Beyonce, of course, man. I, people get mad at me when I say this, but Aaliyah wouldn't have been that famous if she ain't died. Oh. God rest her soul, but she wouldn't have been as famous. She was an average vocalist, an average dancer at that. You know, she, oh. no, she's. She just had an untimely, you know, post you know, postpartum is the is it postpartum post motion? My, my, my shit, I'm, yeah, move on. <laughs> my vocabulary is fucking. Brandy versus Monica. Mm, Brandy. Jermaine Dupri. Monica ain't. Oh wait, what happened with Monica? No, good, good, good. I was no, like, no, Monica no. Do nothing in a while. Uh, okay, Jermaine Dupri versus Diddy, producer wise. Diddy, man. Diddy, puff, of course. Okay. Well, yeah, I heard it here first. <laughs> um, anyway, so final thoughts. Any new projects, upcoming shows that people should know about? Mind you, guys, he is in the New York area. FYI. So I don't have any shows right now. I am coming out with another project. It's called Note to Self. It should be dropping the first week of October around my birthday. Not sure yet. <laughs> what does that make you? What's your sign? A Libra. Oh, okay. He's a Libra, y'all. Labra. 
leave us in a breast man uh anything else um <laughs> no that's it right now i'm gonna i'm gonna drop some videos uh in october too so everything is gonna roll out in october so, so we're getting we're visuals getting oh my mm-hmm. god so you're gonna visual. be out there like a real like you're gonna be in the video yeah, man, I'm gonna have my shiny suit on dancing. I don't think I'm having any shiny suits, but I'm gonna I'm be doing something. I'm it's gonna be fun. I got like a lot of dope concepts. Um, if anybody wants to be in it, you know, you hear this, you just holler at me, let me know. But yeah, we're gonna have it all rolling out in October. Uh, people have been waiting for it for a long time, so I'm glad I can actually put it out there and like you know, give mm. people what they want. Yeah, because I think your last project dropped in like 2017 yeah 2017 yeah okay i pay attention so yeah um <laughs> in mm. a perfect world how come you didn't do any visuals for that so the artist thing that uh, happened to me like so i put like probably i want to say like three four grand into like the recording mixing and mastering and then when it came time to shoot the videos i was like well i'm poor <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I don't have any money to shoot any of this shit and then I went through a couple of like, you know, life shit happened and then I kind of left it out there. So I don't want to do that with this project. Hence the reason I've been taking so long to put it out. Okay. So is it going to be like a visual drop or is it going to be like, you know, the, I guess the, e- what is it? An EP album? What is it? It's, it's going to be an EP. I'm, okay. I'm coming out with an album as well. I'm coming out. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I, I spoiled it now, but yeah, it's going to be a follow up. So it's going to be in a perfect world. Sorry. Oh, that's no, all right. I, I I I googled it. I was like, oh no, fuck. Yeah, in a perfect world, two uh, two was gonna drop on New Year's. And is that gonna be with visuals too? All Ooh, the all the visuals. All right. All the visuals. All right. Okay. Hopefully, we get, get to, to see, see some my black average love. dancing skills. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't know about love part, but we'll see. It's, it's I'm a sad kid, so I'm a sad boy, so I don't you know love so I, I, I got this couple in there, but yeah. You know, it's mostly sad stuff. It's the the inner the note itself is like kind of uh, the concept of like what things you go through when you're going through a heartbreak. So it's like you know, oh. frustration, happy when you go out and party with a heartbreak, and you know, or when you finally start to come out of the heartbreak. So it's like a whole timeline of pretty much going through heartbreak and how you feel with it. Nice. So you're gonna help people get over bullshit relationships. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Okay. Well, there's therapy. Free therapy. <laughs> how to defeat a narcissist. <laughs> Oh, God. That's what you deal with, huh? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, what about your handle? Do you want to share your Instagram where people can find you? Instagram is B-E-L underscore A-I-R-E. That simple. Bel Air. Yeah. Feel free to DM him for any prices. Okay. If you need a producer, engineer, yeah, all those things. Yeah. producer, engineer, artist, some right. I do songwriting. I do all of that shit. So if you need me, one-stop shop. Oh, wow. Okay. Hey. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, I thank you so much, though, for joining me today on today's episode. Thank you for having me. Yes. I mean, it was a very interesting conversation. I don't think they're going to kill you, but, you know, no. we'll see. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, um... No, no, I'm not even gonna say. It. I was about to get myself in even more trouble. No, all right, yeah, nope. it, mm-hmm. I'm done. It's done. I've supplied mm-hmm. you. I've supplied you enough trouble for the fucking last me a lifetime. Oh, mm. Jesus. I might have to bring him back though. I'll, I'll see what they tell me because they leave me voice messages on Anchor. So we'll see what they say oh, yeah. about you. Okay. All right, man. Anyway. <laughs> we'll see but anyway but i thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode as always feel free to like share do whatever you do and i will catch you on the next episode